Florida man arrested after trying to sell alligator meat outside of a grocery store. Barely legal. I like healthy, thick women. It might cause your lungs to collapse. Pedophilia and racism as similar in nature. You can't just say black and white. Black and white. You're not a Biden voter. President of the United States of Africa. I was not reasonable. I don't care what you think, that law and order has to happen. You don't do it that way. They, they wanted me to dislike America. ISIS, greeny weeny soy boys. This is bad. That you'll be like, oh, 9-11 all over again. Please take more of our rights away. You got to teach your children. We have the right to do the things and the laws are written prohibiting people infringing on those rights. He's infatuated with Condoleezza Rice. It might cause you to die. They go to university to close their minds now. It votes for the Donald or else it gets the Biden. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people? This is Pickball coming at you with episode two of American Surveyor. I just finished talking to Wrights Crispy, a civil rights auditor and gonzo journalist from Florida. Wrights Crispy is one of my favorite channels. We talked at length. We talked about his work, his personal life, his philosophy, his views on current affairs, and just a wide range of topics. Uh, with that said, hope you enjoy it. And here he is, Wrights Crispy. Welcome to the show, man. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you're you're only my second guest, so uh, I definitely appreciate having you here. Nothing stinks like number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good say. I never heard that before. Um, so, why don't you talk about your channel and um, maybe do it in a way like if someone doesn't, um, if if they're not familiar with you and they're also not familiar with constitutional auditing. Okay, like an elevator speech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just right, well. Pitch. Well, I, I got into this because I just saw a lot of, you know, horrible crimes happening in our society today. And the ones I was watching were committing, being committed by people with badges who were sworn to protect us. And they're actually just lining their pockets on our backs. And there are a lot of uh, people out there doing what I do. And I started watching them and I just got fed up and started doing, joining in. and. I call myself a gonzo journalist because I'm not, you know, objective all the time. This this story sometimes brings me into it and makes me subjective. So aside from that, I I I believe it's every American civic duty to keep an eye on their government. And we have a lot of corruption in our government everywhere. We can't rely on somebody flying off in their private jet to DC to take care of our problems right here locally. So we got to go and investigate ourselves, investigate and search for violations, civil rights violations or uh, fiduciary violations that they have to us. Oh, I lost your audio. Sorry, I had to decline a call there. But yeah, so I got started in the doing about a year ago and um, I've I've pretty much tried to treat every situation differently and dynamically and understand that in every head there's a world. That's what my grandmother raised me to be like and understand. So I try to keep an open mind and even when I'm auditing, I I, I give the benefit of the doubt most of the time. Sometimes I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'll, I'll lose my cool, but 
you know, it takes a lot. So, you know, you got to look at the other side too and be like, are you going to hold me to the same standards that you're holding these people with badges who are sworn to protect us? You know, let's look at their behavior. You could focus on me and lose the point, miss the point completely. If we focus on what's happening in our government, then we can uh, pinpoint the problem, not for blame, but to actual make, actually make changes. Mm -hmm. So your channel has a training feel to it. When you watch your videos, there's, a, there's an aspect of training, including because you have the chalk marks, you know, um, at least when I think of your videos, I think of the chalk marks as almost looks like a, looks like a training tool. Um, is that, that's obviously your intention. So you intend to, uh, you intend for it to be used as a training tool. Do you think it's effective? I think it is. I think I've actually had some feedback from some local agencies where they told me that they've passed around a video to show everybody how not to act, you know, and I think it's caught on all over the country. We've seen uh, a dramatic change in, in uh, responses on all our channels since for in the last six months, I think. We've noticed people don't want to look stupid for eternity on the internet or as long as YouTube lasts. Yeah. for the children to see you know just behave like a human being and understand that that's another person with their freedom something i really really loved about uh your first interview with record america is where she pointed out you know to read and rant and ain't and rant ain't rant yeah <laughs> we're debating on how to you know and, and i'm i'm a libertarian you know just by name alone I, you asked 12 different libertarians about libertarianism and get 12 different answers I think mine lies more in the uh, fiscally conservative, socially liberal kind, At, but not liberal in the sense that, you know, we got to help every single blading hard out there. No, I mean, there's charities for that. And speaking of which, we don't need to give $1.4 billion to the Catholic church if they're tax exempt. And we just did, you know, stuff like that is what we need to bring to light. And so, um, so you, you have a pretty cordial approach in your videos. Um, there's a lot of stylistic variation in this genre, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And you have the, one of the most cordial, probably marketable um, mainstream approaches, in my opinion. Um, you're obviously doing that intentionally. Um, do you ever get the, well, I guess I'm asking you, is it hard to stay in that line? Mm-hmm. It takes immeasurable control not to kick people in the chest like this is Sparta. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could. <laughs> but no, I, I try to channel my inner Jeff Gray or my inner um, James Madison audits. You know, those guys are other examples of my style and, and what I think, you know, like Rogue Nation too. You know, Rogue Nation will have somebody yelling, you need to leave, sir. And he'll say, yep, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's his reply. Yeah, that's right. okay. You know, so yeah, the only power people have is your reaction. And I, I've, you know, lost my cool a couple times, but I, I'm not perfect. Yeah, Rogue Nation has that, um, has that exact same cordial style as you. Not the exact same, but it's very similar. The style you guys are using is very similar. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it could be, I think it could be effective as a training tool, but my experience interacting with the public and law enforcement is, is um, the quality, the quality seems very low of the people in general 
And then you're selecting officers out of that population and people say to support the police. And I want to support the police, um, you know, because I believe in. Um, they don't make it easy. <laughs> no, no. And I believe in law and order. You know, I believe in law and order. That's why I want to support the police. I want them to do their jobs. I don't believe people should be criminals, but it's still difficult to support them because it seems their quality is so low. The quality of policing is so low. Yeah, well, you know, we also have seen changes in the last six months as far as that, like uh, just locally right here, the St. Pete Police Department has, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share the link with you. They've created a new community policing uh, uh, step and, and approach where they have certain types of calls that they will not send a uniformed uh, armed police officer. They actually send social workers to deal with if it's a drug overdose or something like that. People who are trained to deal with that, mental health issues, et cetera. So I think, you know, that's something like, duh, we've been saying that for the longest time. We've been saying that since the 60s. And, you know, finally they're, 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 they're stopping the resistance and they're, they're complying with we the people's demands. Yeah, so, so with that said, you being one of the most cordial channels out there, um, that would be something you would have to have to be effective in terms of a police training tool. But with that said, I want to ask you about this, this article in law enforcement today. We've talked about it before off camera. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, this law enforcement today article, it's, it's the most, uh, I mean, it's the most kind of attacking article I've ever seen against a first amendment auditor. It's an egregious hack job, isn't it? They, they combined three people, well, two people who actually exist, one person they made up, and combined this all into one person and, and attributed all the quotes from the made-up guy about murdering police and all that stuff to us, or to me. Yeah. And, I mean, in this well, I, article, they say things like, you have zero talent. They say you're a garden slug of a human, that you're desperate for attention, that you're a slime ball. Yeah, no, they call you all these different things in the video. And meanwhile, you are literally probably the example that should be followed in terms of someone entering this genre, making a channel and interacting with the police. And, and, you know, it just goes to the, to the, who, who's going to read that, you know, law enforcement officers. So this guy, the libelous uh, scumbag who wrote this is resorting to those sophomoric attacks. If you read in part of it, it says, Oh, and he never got to go to the second floor, did he? No, because uh, Deb, the hero of the story, she was right. a city clerk. She came and gave us the records that we wanted on the first floor and dismissed the police. The entire day squad, who was called hysterically by the daughter of a former police captain and another, both of her parents were police officers. And she's just like the darling baby of the community because of that. Oh, she's like blue blood royalty, so don't mess with her. I they just mentioned told her she to, responded to a mass shooting as well, like a famous mass shooting. She was a responder. I guess she showed up there after the shooter left and went and got a drink at the mall and was found peacefully, no, no resistance in a residential neighborhood nearby. Yeah, she went into the empty school. Yeah, yeah and now, after the kids were all killed. Now, in this article, um, they actually take screenshots of your video. Your video is posted within the article, but they also take screenshots. And they, mm -hmm. make, they actually make a big deal of the chalk marks. Uh, yeah. Not that they're chalk marks, but essentially what they say, you know, 
and they point out different things about the chalk marks and stuff. And it's, it's just interesting because when I was thinking of it, I'm thinking of it as such a positive. When I was looking at their examples, um, I found one that I agree with them. I was, was uncalled for. Okay. The, let's hear it. The threesome. The threesome. Yeah. And I didn't even mean it in a bad way. I meant to like, oh, she must have thought I was talking about a threesome, but I'm not. I do not. I'm happily married. I'm not. Right. right. <laughs> and I don't find her at all attractive. In, in in stark contrast to the comments on on that video, so many people find that strong jaw and the chiseled face attractive on on her. I, I, I thought don't. she was good looking, but not attractive. Yeah, no, I I thought she was kind of gross, pasty. Yeah, well, <laughs> and and I mean, hysterical in calling the entire day squad because I said, Shh, just let me record quietly. That's all I did. I held the door open for the guard to come in, and I walked in. I didn't know she was going to be there. I didn't know there were going to be any cops there. We were going into the city hall, and she was startled because I just walked around the corner, and she escalated it to a ridiculous uh, level. Hmm. So I mean. I guess I guess the thing I'm wondering is there is an element of teasing the police. So you said you found it, you found something you could that you could agree with in their article, or at least a point, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think about this element of teasing the police? Because you know it's kind of hard to ridicule someone and train them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, at well, the same time, this genre is really kind of teasing based. It's very trolling based. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you kind of reconcile those two things? Well, when I saw like the channels that I was watching before I started, I was checking to see like how to do it. And I was also watching how not to do it. And I, I won't disparage any any channels, but there are some people that I I would never do that, you know? And then there are some people that, do some outrageous stuff that I would never do, but I'm just like, wow, I, I admire Eric Brandt, for example. I would never call for, you know, threatening judges or anything like that, but he, he was just testing the First Amendment, not that he has actual, you know. Anyways, it was a, a, a champion move that I totally support what he and, and those people in Colorado did. But um, I, I'm, I'm not going to you know, cuss a cop out just because they're, uh, well, I, I did cuss at one cop who like stole my camera from me and he was in punk. I'm sorry if I can cuss or not on here. I can edit it later. <laughs> he, I, that's what I called him and he had it coming. But again, I do want to make a change and they're not going to be receptive if I'm just antagonizing. However, in that, in that situation like that we were talking about from the article, as soon as I walked in, it just went downhill. So it might have seemed like I was the one instigating everything. I was just on the defensive because my rights were being violated. And my natural defense mechanism is humor. I never lose sight of the fact that there are people being murdered by these guys. So I have to just, you know, play that, like walk on that fine line. You know, I, I, I'm a, uh, I'm just trying to keep the mood light so I don't get thrown in jail, you know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely know what you mean because you want to make a difference, but you don't want to... I mean, you don't want to step over the line. I I personally don't want to be rude. I meet people all the time, and I I meet people that I want to waive my rights for. 
if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I meet pe- people who come up and they might even say something like stop recording. And just because of the, t- the person, you know, maybe their age or, or maybe something about them, you know, it could be anything. And I might actually waive my rights for them, you know? Yeah. I want to, um, I want to do, I want to do a good job, but I, I think I have a harder time than you remaining cordial. I, I start into insults and, and things like that a lot faster. <laughs> I, I, I think I've, like I said, I, I'm not proud of everything I've done. Some, some things I, I admit I, I went overboard, you know, but there's always the, the reason why did I go overboard? What was happening? Maybe the, the reaction was an overreaction, but why was I reacting? You know, it's because somebody's not behaving the way they should in our, you know, in our government. We we want everybody in our government to behave like their role is supposed to be. And, and you are held to a higher standard, especially if you're getting a lot of money. There's some cops making half a million dollars. And I have people who don't believe that. I, yeah, I, they I make a people lot people. in overtime, too. So when all these protest movements are happening and stuff like that. Some of these cops, and I've heard, I've even heard a couple of them say it. They're like, we love this. We're getting paid. They're, they're getting paid an exorbitant amount because they work their whole shift. And then they have, get 40 hours of overtime. Yep. You know, that's one of the reasons that the defund the police uh, uh, argument has come up. Defund does not mean disband. It's not getting rid of them. It's stopping, not just buying them replacement wheels for the MRAPs that I understand were given to them by the U.S. military in surplus, but you have to maintain that. And it costs a lot of money to maintain an MRAP, you know, probably 10 times as much as a five-ton truck. Anyways, the that aside, there are times when cops will arrest you a half hour before shift change on bogus charges so they could just sit around and wait for the DA and collect their overtime and do some easy paperwork and collect their overtime. That's what we mean by we have to defund the police in that sense. To stop lining your pockets literally on the backs of innocent people you're sworn to protect. That There was no drugs in that house. There was no weight. There were no scales. And, and you, you go and you bust this guy and you want to ruin his life. And this doesn't matter to that cop. And I'm not talking about me. I, I was arrested for just not wanting to stand back out in the sun. I'm not a criminal or anything. And I'm not anybody's little boy to be told where to stand. I was posing no threat. I was like 13 feet away from him and he couldn't turn. It was his ego. He, he couldn't let go of his ego and he wouldn't turn for his own safety. So he told me this is the same incident that they write about in this article with Largo. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, that's the, that's where they tied my real name into that work of fiction from September in September. It was one of my first videos that I did. I went out with rogue nation down in South Florida. And that's what the original article was uh, written. And I didn't care, you know, that it wasn't libelous up until the point where they put my real name with my uh, YouTube name. So say something about your logo. It, it, it's like a, a, a Wu-Tang Clan logo, but it, but it says rebel scum. Right. It's the rebel symbol shaped like the Wu-Tang Clan symbol. It's, it's the rebel logo wrapped in the Wu-Tang logo. It looks like the Wu-Tang logo, but if you look at it closely, it's the rebel symbol from Star Wars. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with Star Wars at all. So. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I love Star Wars, and 
it's uh, a family thing. I see. I loved Star Wars. You either love Star Wars or you're wrong. Actually. So, so Rebel <laughs> Scum is a Star Wars reference? Right, right. Okay. The rebellion see. to fight against the Empire. Okay, yeah. I'm totally I'm totally ignorant when it comes to when it comes to Star Wars. I didn't right. um uh watch Star Wars growing up. I didn't even watch Star Trek. I'm not like one or the other guy. I just I just totally skipped both of those. Star Wars is better. Search your feelings. You'll know it to be true. Star Wars? Okay. All right. So what was your upbringing like? What was your childhood like? Kind of uh, up and down, all over the place. I was raised by my grandma. Uh, I uh, moved all over the East Coast. I lived in Miami most of the time. But I lived here in the Tampa Bay area also, up north in Connecticut. That's where I became a Red Sox fan. So you were, uh, you were not raised like with a mother and father. You were raised by your grandmother. Yep. Yep. Okay. I yeah. Was she was she married? Was your grandfather there as well? No, no. My grandfather was in Dominican Republic. My grandma kind of like fled with her kids to the United States. You know, oh, kind wow. of overbearing mean guy. You know, that's that's what I the little that I know. You know, not from her, but from other people. She would never again, this is uh, I try to live how she lived she was a saint and and she had a lot of wise things that she imparted on me that i'll take you know that i didn't learn right off the bat it took me some time but yeah not speaking ill of the dead or anything like that you know what i mean or or of anybody what what sort of things did she teach you what sort of values did she instill that in in every head there's a world and Sometimes what, what she had a beautiful gift of doing, she could see somebody who just got out of prison, you know, a, a, a big thug looking guy with tattoos all over his face or something. And he'll walk up to her and be like, hey, mama. And I'm like, how does he know to call you mama? And she's like, oh, because I fed him last week. I put some food out on the stoop, you know, out in front of our apartment. And the guy would come and eat there. You know what I mean? And she she would find the the good in somebody, even if they couldn't see it themselves. That was her gift. And she would bring it out and show it to them. You're good. Mm. You can move on, drop all that other negative stuff, try to make things better for you and everyone around you. And that's that's one of the things that I try to do. I'm 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 really not trying to make a quick buck doing this with YouTube. I mean or or lawsuits or anything like that you know it 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 costs money to 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 sue people yeah well actually you're one of the few guys with a lawyer probably yeah well i mean we have a good one the guy's great vince Pulowski, megajustice.com <laughs> megajustice.com i'll put it up on the screen for everyone um, yeah, so I mean, if you if you have a lawyer, it probably helps because it totally changes your mindset, right? I mean, it probably gives you a stronger mindset, and you and of course you can get you know professional advice, and you have recourse if something happens for. You know. Absolutely, and this is exactly what I did before I started. Is I I contacted Mega Justice and I spoke to a guy named Steve. I think his name was there, Scott Scott or Steve. I forgot, but I I've been talking to Vince ever since. But that first guy, he told me. Just keep in mind that maybe someday a jury will be watching your video. Just keep that in mind. So that's part of the, you know, keeping a cordial type thing that I try to maintain just so, you know, I don't look like 
a prick to the jury who's going to decide my fate, you know? Right. Um, do you have any vices? Yes. I, if you saw me drinking coffee, I, I coffee, never that doesn't coffee. count. Yeah, it is. It's a drug. It's <laughs> true. But, you know, if that's your vice, you're doing real good, man. Yeah. And I, I, I drink uh, beer and alcohol, too. But my coffee vice, that's something I just started when I got kids. I, before that, I was a coffee snob because my family grows coffee in Dominican Republic and it's nectar of the gods coffee. So if it wasn't from Italy or from my family farm, I wouldn't drink it. But now I, I settle for Café Bustelo <laughs> out of the curb. Café Bustelo. I, you know, I've, I was buying that and someone made fun of me. Why? You're culturally appropriating. You can't do that. In it was like, but I think they <laughs> thought I was trying to be, I think they thought I was trying to be a certain way by buying this particular coffee instead of like Folgers or something. But they were like Mexican. And so they were like, you know, they were basically saying the coffee's crap. And you know, like, your attempt at virtue signaling with coffee didn't work. Whoa. <laughs> or something like this, you know. I beg to differ with those Mexicans. That coffee is great. <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything bad about Mexicans. I love Mexicans. I grew up around Mexicans. Um, you know, Mexicans have always treated me very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're wonderful people. So what sort of uh what sort of expertise do you have? What what subjects are are really in your wheelhouse that you're really comfortable talking about? I'm not. <laughs> no, you are. You are. You definitely are. No, I, I politics and religion uh, or spirituality are my two favorite things to talk about, but I'm not an expert in anything. I think um I guess I'm an expert at drones. <laughs> flying drones i can i'm an expert at video games stuff that i put a lot of time into <laughs> there we go okay. but i haven't played video games in years really but i'm an expert at it because i put that time into it you know what i mean I, I mean i would say you're an expert at constitutional compliance auditing and you're oh. you're a civil rights investigator i would call you an expert if you're not an expert at it, i don't know who is thank you thanks you know hey what is what is Florida man? Florida man is kind of like Sasquatch. You're a Florida man, right? I I am a Florida man, but I am not Florida man. Okay, what is I, Florida I, man? I see it on t-shirts and I don't well, know. I have been Florida man on certain times, like walking out in the middle of a hurricane to get something, you know, that that's Florida man-ish. Florida man is like Sasquatch, except you see him all over the place. And he's just like a legend of Florida where... If it's stupid, Florida man did it or committed it. And, <sighs> and uh, like any Australian listeners or watchers, he's a bogan. He's a bogan, if you know what a bogan is in Australia. Kind of like a hillbilly, but it's our, it's our swampy hillbilly. Okay. So a, yeah, Florida a, man. It's like a really um, resilient kind of man that's willing to just go out there and do whatever. <laughs> is that it? Well, not, it not necessarily. Like... It, it's it's all kinds of stuff. It, it could be like these are actual like headlines. Florida man arrested after trying to sell alligator meat outside of a grocery store, right? Yeah. Florida man shoots another person over arguing whose Kool-Aid was the best at a party. You know, they really did that. They shot each other because of their Kool-Aid mix. So this is a this is a true stereotype among men in Florida, among people in Florida. Yeah, kind of like mass holes. Math holes. 
Yeah, Massachusetts assholes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. Right. Yeah. It's it's one of those embarrassing things that we have here. We don't have anything like that up here. In Washington, oh yeah, you do. You have the entire state. <laughs> the entire state, yeah. Or the entire state is crazy. It's not Florida, man, but it's it's greeny weeny soy boys that are that are really giving you guys a bad name and giving the the actual valid arguments a bad name because they're taking it to the extreme. Don't stop cars and traffic and stuff like that. You want to protest, protest, but don't. Don't fuck it up for everybody else. I'm sorry. <laughs> so obviously you see what's happened up here in Portland and Seattle. Yeah, yeah and and you know, uh, we have a a big supporter named Hanier Canute. You know Hanier? Mm. Uh he's from Is that Norway. with an H? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if you're if you're watching Hanier, shout out. Uh thanks for your support. But he, he was saying, Oh, I'm I'm you know, for police reform and everything, but we have to restore the law and order in there. Isn't it like one city block in Portland that has been taken over by these easily taken out Rini Weenies, right? Well, I mean, it's more than just one city block. It, it's that these people are able to roam all around the city and destroy things with impunity and no one's going to stop them, you know? And, uh, they need the they need federal troops there because the police are in the bag you know yeah. the police are the police the mayor of portland is like antifa i mean the he's governor like, just signed an order uh to to remove uh the federal troops uh slowly but surely to remove them yeah they they removed them from seattle yesterday or maybe the day before they left yeah because you know it is, it, it's that's not the way to go about it i i i understand they're like destroying property and stuff like that and i don't condone that that's the worst thing to do but to escalate it and retaliate in uh disproportionate ways very alarming ways ways that we've learned not to do in the last hundred years that's what's really concerning me. It's like, we don't snatch people up and take them away in unmarked cars and hold them until they yell for an attorney. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's another thing. If you're one of those people and you're watching and you get snatched up, ask for an attorney. That seems to be working. They'll let you go. Yeah. And you know, I, I, um, I saw those, I saw those videos of those people getting snatched up by those guys in vans. And, you know, I think I did see that they were marked as police, but they weren't like marked like white on black. They were wearing camo and the markings were pretty much camo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. um Yeah, it's still it's still a very um authoritative fascist move. And I'm not antifa or antifa or however they want to pronounce it, but I am anti-fascism. I don't want a police state putting their boot on our necks. And that's what we've all been fighting for. Whether we like how some people are fighting it now, we're still, we got to maintain focus instead of, you know, and I've used this example is like, let's say you have 10 cookies and, you know, the government takes nine of them and tells you that guy's going to take your last cookie. Are you going to take focus off of who just took nine of your cookies and go after that one guy? No, let's like stay focused on who's really keeping their boot on our net. So whatever those 
you know, greenie weenies that are taking everything over. Like, what what do they want? Let's sit down at a table and talk. That's what that's the proper diplomatic, correct, civil approach to this. It, regardless of their behavior, the government's behavior should be: let's establish a dialogue, let's bring them to the table, because the let's snatch them up. That's going to get dad groups, mom groups, grandma groups out there with leaf blowers. And then moms are going to get shot in the forehead with rubber bullets and more people are going to come out and it's going to escalate for what? For a political stunt to say, Hey, I can keep law and order really like me. No, that's, that's what I see going on. I feel like they got those moms and dads and grandmas in the front like that for, for PR purposes. Yeah, and the Navy guy too. The Navy guy that just took like the five batons to his body. Did you see that? No. Oh, this big dude with a Navy shirt went and tried to just start talking to them. And this guy just starts Louisville sluggering him, man, with a wow. baton. And the guy is, is like six foot five or something. And he takes all those hits like a beast. And, and they just started spraying him in the face. And he was just trying to talk. He's not <laughs> throwing anything. He's hitting him? Yeah. Yeah. These federal agents that are, it's, it's really ridiculous. You know, it looked like a, a GI Joe episode, man versus Cobra with all the lasers the other night. I was watching that. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's the, the Oregon observer channel. Like I put something out there. It, it looked pretty nuts, man. Like, cause I know some of those blue lasers can really like burn stuff. Well, you know, the reason I, the, the reason I was kind of like asking if it was the police or not was, because these groups that are down there, like Antifa groups or the other people that are down there, um, they're not peaceful, you know? Yeah, that's what they're, I'm saying. They're violent. And if, if, if you went down there, bro, with a camera, if you went down there with a camera and started filming what was going on, you would be attacked. I know, I heard. If, I heard. if, if you said something that was not in line with what they agreed with, they would start beating your legs exactly like you just described the police doing to someone. They would be doing that to you and they will yeah. be hiding behind black lives matter and chanting black lives matter while they're doing it. And they'll be pretending that you're a racist. You know right. what I'm saying? They'll be and, smashing and, your camera and smashing it, bro. And I've, I've seen that and not to dismiss that that stuff happens. That's what I was saying is like, you have a whole state full of people like taking it way too far and ruining our valid arguments. Right. But, I'm, what, what I'm saying also is that it's not just Antifa and Black Lives Matter who are there that, uh, anymore. The government's response has escalated to mom and dad groups, whether they're being posted up. Yeah, bring them up to the front line and let the world see that moms, dads, and grandmas are all pissed off about this too. And that the response from the government is the wrong one. You do not, like, I, I agree with, with the governor and the mayor. Get the federal troops out of there. The federal troops do not need to involve themselves in this. If states are supposed to have rights, how come the state governor and, and the city's mayor don't have the right to turn them away? That's an overbearing government, and that's uh, unacceptable. Regardless of how you feel about it, if you want law and order to be brought in the hard way, that's your opinion, but states' rights to have it done their way, they, they decide how to do it. I mean, but the, the police, the police have to do something. I mean, the, yeah. the local police department needs to do something because here, here in Seattle, um, the police have been totally emasculated 
by the city council, by the mayor, by the governor. And th they are sending the message out to people who, who would do ill to me and the people I love that, you know, it's, it's okay. Like if you do some crime, if you, if then we're not going to come after you. If you do it to the right person, especially we're not going to come after you. If you do it in the course of protesting somebody, then we're definitely not, never coming after you, you know? And it, yeah. I mean, for, for me, it, it feels like they, they're, um, giving, they're giving mob rule just the go ahead here. Yeah. It's, you know? it's kind of, and uh, I'm a law and order person. I'm not a pro, I'm not a, uh, bootlicker, as you know, but right. this kind of shit, it's pushed me to, to support the police. I'm like defending, I, f I find myself defending the police. I can't believe it. But you know? they, I, I, I believe they brought this on themselves. It, it's because of not policing correctly that you lost control. This is out of control already. It's not like, how do we control this out of control stuff? It's out of control. How should we in the future? After this quells down and every, everybody gets to sit down and they start community policing kind of how they did in St. Pete and they agree to that <coughs> over there, how do we avoid this in the future? <coughs> we don't respond to peaceful protests about police brutality with police brutality, which made everything that much worse. Everything just escalated when they responded. Did you see what happened in in Aurora, Colorado? The 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 kid who was a violinist and and uh, antisocial, he was murdered by the cops. He, yes. And they had a, a violin vigil for him. Mm -hmm. And the police showed up in riot gear and just shoved everyone out that was listening to violins. Wow, I did not see that. That's not the way to do it. I know? did. And that's audio why the body cam uh, and I saw some video. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's saying. I'm just different. I'm just different. That's what he's saying as he's being killed. Yeah. Yeah, that was him. Um, Elias, uh, I think his, I forgot his name. I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. I think it's Elijah. Um, yeah, Elijah. Yeah, something. I don't know the last name, though. Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why, why did this happen? It's because, the, the, like, again, are you forgetting who took your nine cookies? It was those same people that started all this. They stepped on a guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds on video. They knew they were being recorded and they didn't care because of the impunity. So we have to sit down, get rid of the three-prong uh, approach. We have to get rid of the police unions. We have to get rid of qualified immunity and get rid of internal affairs. We have to have a blue ribbon citizen review board, uh, not just review board to review what the the cops are, are, are telling you happen. I'm talking about getting people who are deputized, not, not certified law enforcement, but they've been deputized, posse comitatus by the local sheriff, uh, uh, as, as like a leader in the community, I can go in and, and see this crime scene. As long as I, you know, maintain, you know, like I'm not, you know, contaminating it or anything. But I can see if you're going to drop a bloody glove and try to frame somebody or not. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, that transparency, live, in-person transparency, where we can record without being hassled, without having, you know, them letting somebody attack us. You know what I mean? You, we, 
if if you see in News Now South Florida's latest video, we went to a, a, a cop watch where the cops showed up at a house where they were going to talk about a warrant or something like that. And News Now South Florida is uh, shouting to the folks like, hey, you don't have to let the police on your property without a warrant. But they were upset at him with the flashlight. And they start coming after him. They were going to beat him up. Because people and, are just dumb, that's why. Yeah, yeah. And, and these guys were just dumb. But you know what? I, I, they said, hey, we got this. That should have been our, okay, you got this. I'm following the cops. I'm not there to record a private citizen. I'm going to record the government agent. That's it. Yeah, you know, one thing that I think about when I think about defund the police is that the people that want to defund the police, they don't realize they're only up for half a movement because to defund the police, which I agree with because they're, um, they're doing a lot of things that they don't need to be doing, things like revenue generation or all these yeah. different things we could get rid of, like large portions. I'm not talking about police brutality. I'm talking yeah. about doing nothing, just being right. on welfare. You know, so we can get a, get a lot of this shit out of the system, get our priorities straight, then defunding makes sense, and we could defund them even more, and we could keep defunding them. But the problem is, is that if we're going to defund the police, then we need to have an uptake of personal responsibility. Uh, we're not going to be able to call the police every time our feelings get hurt, and um, we're living in a world of snowflakes. So the people that are talking about defunding the police, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa people, whoever's down there is talking about defunding the police, those people are also not fans of personal responsibility. I guarantee you they want the collective to be responsible for them. Right. Yeah. They're that's, gonna take that's, personal responsibility. They're gonna call the they're gonna call nine one one, the first black dude they see entered their backyard. They're not going out there to solve it with by themselves with a gun. They're not going out there to go mano a mano. They're going to call the police because that's what people do. These are the people that yeah. want to fund the police. Yeah, you can't, you can't have your individual freedom and then expect everyone else to carry you. you, you, you you're in, your individual freedom comes with the price of you got to take care of your damn self. And, and that's where I'm more of a libertarian. But what makes me more like liberal is that I'm also on the team United States where you know, there are people who do need help, like special needs and stuff like that. Like, hey, not pull yourself up from your bootstraps. I know you don't have any legs, but it, I can't do that. You know, I, I, right. I have two special needs nephews. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, one has cerebral palsy and he's blind. He was born premature. The other one ha was inoculated. He lost an eye. He had cancer in his eye, uh, retinoblastoma. And, What's inoculated you know, mean? Uh, he had his eye taken out. Oh, inoculated. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he he had chemotherapy done, intraarterial chemotherapy where they go in and behind the eyeball and it worked for a little bit and then they didn't like the results so they said we have to inoculate it. And you know, thank God he has the kind that isn't like hereditary cuz uh that that one really goes to the other eye and he he's completely blind. So now he has a nice little glass eye and he's He's a, a week younger than my little boy, so he just turned four, and he, he doesn't really he didn't he doesn't remember what happened to him or anything. So, and he's gonna grow up, you know, totally comfortable and adapting and overcoming. But luckily, that's up in Massachusetts where they have Romney Care, and they had like 
four different people who'd come to the house. One guy would just slide my little nephew around on a parachute and stuff, you know, to stimulate him. They've got swimming therapy. They've got all this stuff. And uh, yeah, my, my brother-in-law is very well off and they, they pretty much take care of him like that, but it's really a good system up there. It's like, you know, what, what Obamacare was supposed to be if it wasn't perverted with yeah well i mean the 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 slogan of pull yourself up by your bootstraps it could still work for your nephews right no no because um well i mean the slogan itself doesn't make sense you can't really pull yourself up from your bootstraps (laughs) right i'm not not literally but as a concept they could um use their strengths to their advantage you know yeah well well one can the other one i mean it's just a like he he's he's really like struggling since he's blind he he hasn't been able to form global awareness to see how to walk so he's already like eight years old nine years old and can't walk yet you know he's he's still there's it's it's just a tremendous struggle for the parents let alone i mean the kid you know what i mean so that's the america i want to be part of is that we recognize uh, I'm, I'm a humanist if I was going to label myself you know we have to you know, respect humanity in in the sense that how strong they can be and how weak they can be and and I, I respect how weak minded some people can be and we have to educate them with patience <laughs> and it takes immeasurable patience. patience yeah we need patience yeah, and and you know what? A lot of people say, "Why didn't you tell that person in the DMV this and that?" Because that's another citizen. I'm not there. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life on an uphill battle of trying to teach the American citizenry the 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 law. The government, however, who is supposed to know this to be able to work there, that's who I'm going to focus on. So I'm not I'm not here to educate the masses because that's impossible. You're going to always have, you know, sheeple. Yeah. It- it it might be easier to educate in its current state. It could be easier to educate the masses than to educate law enforcement because they are they're um, extremely thick. Yeah, yeah, and and it's even with the the people who I I know who have badges, their family and friends. They don't they don't see they see what I'm doing and they appreciate it, but they also don't appreciate some of the methods that I take. I'm like, what well, what is it that you don't like? Oh, because I disrespected someone. Hey, you know that's a that's a female officer. Yeah, but I'm a feminist. I believe to treat her the same as I would a a, fem- a male officer who talked to me like that. So I'm gonna lay into her. And maybe in the police department, you guys all you know circle around her and protect her as the guys would do their little sister. But that's not fair to her. That's not fair as a human. You know what I mean? How does that make her feel? That makes her feel like entitled to call the entire day squad for nothing yeah and that's pretty much what happened right those are two different um oh those are two different okay yeah i mixed them both up okay (laughs) okay all right yeah i'm getting confused there yeah i'm sorry i I went hard on on a uh one female officer and i overreacted but at the same time like i would do that with a guy you know so it, it wasn't really me, you know, it's not as intense as people perceive it. It's just that 
the people I'm talking about have that camaraderie. They're blue line gang. You know what I mean? They 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 all love each other. They all go to each other's barbecues. It's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. And they brainwash each other. And it's that bubble of, you know, hey, we're doing the right thing. We're not wrong. But deep down inside, they all know that they are just generating revenue for the machine. And And why does our penal code book have like 70% traffic law and like 30%, you know, robberies and crime and other crimes? Because that's the revenue generation. People getting $116 tickets because they don't have their car working in perfect like off the lot order that's right. not fair or they're going or five person. or ten miles over the speed limit or under or you under see that guy was going under and he got pulled over by the erratic cop no just like lost his crap i'll send you that link too that's another reason i got into this because every single day there was a brand new story somewhere in our country of some person abusing their power when it when it involves kids at detention centers, that's where you know that that's what triggered me. I, I'm like thinking of the atrocious stuff that those kids have to put up with. The people who were watching over them, you see them, and they're the most scum. Like there was that one guy in my video that just kept doing this, and he was at the Miami Youth Detention Center. It's like, oh my God, that's self soothing because he knows he's hiding something. The Eighth Amendment. He likes violation. it there. Yeah. For a reason. You know, he ended up there for a reason. It's not an accident. Exactly. And, you know, and that's, that's just that's just one of those things. People well, just the, uh, get attracted to. The job attracts very, very nefarious types. And you know what they get? They get protected by the other ones who just don't want to. They're like, oh, I'm going to need that bulldog in my corner one day. So I'm going to cover for him. Yeah, that guy's a bulldog, but he's a bully bulldog. You got to you got to get rid of him. He's making your job a lot more difficult and a lot more dangerous. Right. Earning the hate, as they say. Yeah. And I say, you know, they can't call them out because they'll bleed out. But you know what? It's time to reach down and grab hold and call them out. Stop being afraid of getting Serpicode and get Serpicode if you have to. You know, it's it's not even a matter of of really calling someone out and really being aggressive about it at all, you could just kind of step up and do the right thing. Be like, wait a second. Isn't the ethical thing to do this thing instead? You know, maybe we should do this. Just, I mean, you could throw your influence in even, but yeah, we don't even see these guys doing that. You know, and when that happens, that it gets buried. That's why you don't see those guys doing that. Just uh, recently, about four years ago, right here in St. Pete, there was a, a, a homeless guy who was drunk at a gas station at the pumps or something. I guess he was asking for money. I don't know what it was, but the St. Pete police showed up and this cop beat the crap out of this guy, just knocked him on the deck, put him in a coma for like a week. And he claimed that he was uh, going for his gun and that he had to call for backup. Backup wasn't there. So he had to like take him down. And he totally falsified his police report. He said he he was alone, but his partner was there. It was it, there was another cop. Well, I don't know if it was his partner, but there was another cop there who said, "Hey, look, this is what really happened." The guy in the coma never knew what happened to him, so he would have never been able to call him out or anything. But the other same police officer did, and I tried to look that up, and I can't find it. I I was gonna like be like, "Hey, look, here's here's an example of when 
you know, police, police, the police. It's it's like that deal with Eric Brandt where the one cop's chasing the guy and he just tar- he discharges his taser and then as he's circling back around he runs into his sergeant or whoever it is and yeah. the guy's like it's the First Amendment what are you doing you know yeah that was it's great. just a beautiful moment you know and we just need more of that yep yep that was great I I uh, I had a, a sergeant here in the Clearwater Police Department, Sergeant DeVincent, uh, tell one guy, show me the law, sir. Show me the law that says he can't record you in public. <laughs> and the guy was trying to get me in trouble <laughs> for what he was already told, you know? Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen a good female cop recently in a free potato video, even though the video is old. And she's outside of a synagogue and they're like, you know, they want her arrested. And the female was so good. She's like, I'm recording you, sir. Why aren't you trying to grab my camera? Because she's recording on her body camera. Oh, nice. She's trying That's to reason with them, you know. But, yeah, I mean, so there's there's good cops out there. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're saying is, like, it's time for you to act because we are men of action. We're not going to wait around for you, so we're going to keep doing this. And you have to back us up. You know, it, it, just do the right thing. I, I have a family. that I want to come home to also but you know there that no child sex trafficking ring operates without police involvement all of them have police involvement don't don't let that uh, people fool you I'm looking into something that's going on here in Polk County where every year they arrest hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in pedophile trafficking rings and porn rings whatever And last year they had one lousy conviction. So none of these people have arrest records either. There are arrest affidavits that we found that the police had to fill out to be able to arrest these people. But all the arrest records are not put out. And according to the state attorney, they don't want them out there like that because it's such an atrocious crime that it would ruin it if they're not guilty. You know, they're innocent until proven. Yeah, but what about the guy who got busted for like smoking pot and he had a little bag of pot in his car? That goes on the internet, and that pees in the swimming pool and can never get taken out. You, you, you're going to let the kitty diddler off and put that one guy who's like, I don't know, a teacher or something and lose his career? Come on. Man, there, there's an incredible amount of pedophile um, uh, speculation out there right now about yeah. Hollywood celebrities and people in positions of power. And I, I don't see this. It's, I don't see it reflected in uh, mainstream news coverage at all. That makes me suspicious. Right. Uh, because you'd have you all see, these people on Epstein's flight logs, all these presidents and Will Smith and whoever else, you know. Dude, I'll tell you what. My, my grandmother's favorite actor was Tom Hanks. If she was alive today, she would have been very disappointed because, yeah, he gets accused of being on the list, you know, the Epstein list. That's the main reason I got into this December, 2018, I read that article in the Miami Herald and it just clicked that I knew some of these girls who would go get picked up out of the hood and taken to Palm beach to do whatever with some old guy for 200 bucks. And they were happy about it. They didn't know that they were being taken advantage of. Anyways, these, these, uh, allegations, the, 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 the sweetheart deal that Alex Acosta gave is Alex Acosta was the DA in Florida. And he made sure that Epstein only had a charge of soliciting a prostitute. So they're victimized, they're, they're 
of criminalizing the victim, saying that she's a prostitute. And even though there were women younger than 16, he got the 16-year-old because that was the age of consent, so he wouldn't have to register. And he could go to his, just show up at 10 o'clock at night for jail and leave in the morning, go away to your island on the weekends, jail, that for six months or 18 months, however short it was. That guy became our secretary of labor, the person that you ultimately get to investigate any sexual harassment charges at your job, you know? And then when all this came out, he gets to step down saying, oh, no, if I wouldn't have stepped in, uh, it would have been a lot worse. But, okay, I'm going to resign. Bye. You'll never hear from me again. And we never did. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all up in our faces. I mean, it's, it's exactly what I'm saying. It's all up in our face. This you know, the trafficking Bank, and this pedophilia, no one says anything. Like, because it's very disturbing. Nobody wants to face that. Nobody wants to talk about pedophilia. It's a disturbing... I've had this knot in my stomach since December 2018. And it's getting tighter because these people are still out there and it and everybody can see it, but nobody really cares. The, the, people are talking more about you know, like COVID and wearing masks and stuff. How about the eight million children that were lost last year that disappeared? Eight million children disappeared every year wow. in the United States. Where do they go? A thousand kids go in through the Pinellas County Sheriff's Department every year or every month. A thousand kids enter the system for whatever reason. And last year, they lost 200 kids. Where do those kids go? They went into the system, but they don't know where they went now. I, I believe they get sold to somebody on a super yacht to take them out into international waters and dump their little dead body overboard when they're done with them. That horrible stuff happens. And you have to face that fact that it's not like, you know, somebody's like going to break into these uh, places and rescue all these kids. A lot of kids are disappearing and dying and being murdered, and it's horrible. If you love your children, do something about it. I am. What really got my attention was that there was a police chief in Massachusetts who was arrested um, after uh, one of the predator poacher channels um, met up with him they, or made a meeting, mm -hmm. and the guy shows up thinking it's a little 14 year old boy right. this is a police chief you know yeah, of, of, that's of, like small say. town massachusetts right right and and, and it's in stowe massachusetts, stowe, massachusetts. Yeah. right and pinellas county where i live is the number three county in sex trafficking in the united states that's number three county in the entire united states right here it's kind of ratchet this is a ratchet town and and people take advantage of ratchet people and send them away and put them on boats and you know, when the Super Bowl comes next year, it's going to ramp up. It's going to be that much worse. So there are a lot of uh, things going around, and good. We need to bring this to light. We need to stop burying it. Like the guy who shot the judge, they're saying, oh, yeah, it was, or, or, it was somebody who's a, a, an anti-feminist who, who shot the judge's husband and, and her son. Well, if he didn't like women, why didn't he shoot the woman? <laughs> he shot the two guys. So this woman, this judge, was going to be looking into Deutsche Bank's involvement with Epstein. So this happens, and you don't hear about that connection, or you hear other things like, no, no, it had nothing to do with that. Look away. 
Yeah. All right. I'm not going to. I don't believe lamestream media's version of things. So you do you think there's uh, this Glenn Glenn Maxwell is going to make it? Ghislaine? Ghislaine Maxwell? Could, I don't know. Ghislaine Maxwell, I think yeah. she's going to make it. Yeah, this is the madam for Epstein. A lot of people are calling her a pimp, but I think it's called a madam, technically. A madam, yeah. Well, yeah. Heidi Fleiss was a madam. Right, right. And there was the... Uh, but not of uh, children. She wasn't a children. <laughs> a madam of children. Did you hear John Felix's uh, podcast with me? No. John Felix started a podcast, and, and we were talking about that. And, um, yeah, he he's... Oh, who, who, he was telling me about the DC madam. Have you heard of the DC madam? No. Well, this this woman, good. They 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 did their job. They've erased her name from history, you know. But if you look it up, the DC madam had every senator and congressman's name in that book. With you know, like she was going to write a tell-all book, and she she decided that she was going to pay three years in advance of her rent and then kill herself here in Tarpon Springs, right here in Pinellas County. Why would you pay three years of rent in advance and then check out right when you were about to release a tell-all book? Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't. Look up the DC madam. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there has to be there has to be tons of it going on because people have been doing this stuff with children, especially people in positions of power. Yeah, you think that... Long time ago. Yeah, people who think the benevolent Catholic Church is the only one who did this, you put it past our corrupt ass government. You think that the Catholic Church is the only ones that does stuff with kids. Where these sick bastards who keep getting caught with like in men's rooms with other men and all this weird stuff and like with kids in our Congress and our Senate, you think they don't do it? They do it. And they're covering up for those who are doing it. And they're making laws to make it easier for them to get away with stuff like that. Do you see um, pedophilia and racism as similar in nature? I don't know. Um, As far as like not being able to overcome it? No. Well, I just mean like in terms of like uh, structure, like it's structure or how it comes about, like... when I think about racism, I, I or when I talk about it to people, I always try to talk about it as like a natural occurring phenomenon. Sometimes I th- I try to think about it in terms of um, you know our executive organs or their major function being discrimination, self preservation, tribalism, evolution. These different kind of things which could help explain racism. But um, when I think about pedophilia or you know, attraction towards children. That's the definition of pedophilia, right? I think so. I'm sexual not attraction sure. towards children or just attraction? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. That's another thing. I don't know much about that. So I couldn't really get into that project because I wouldn't know what to write to these sickos and get them, like the people who have channels about this, I saw them writing stuff and I'm like, oh, I just can't bring myself to do that, you know? Well, I see this drive towards youth. I'm sure you yeah. see that. There's this drive towards youth. There is, um, like when you go into a porn site, for example, you look at the porn and they got a section. It's like barely legal. Then there's a section 18. 
Then there's a section like then it's in all different languages. You know what I mean? Because well, you got your you got your BDSM, you got your uh, interracial, you got your. I, I could talk about this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is, there's a there's a, a large group of men. There's a large group of people. Have you noticed that, that the interracial interracial section of that only means black and white? It doesn't mean like Asian and white. It doesn't yeah. mean like anything else. It's just black and white. So I don't yeah. know why they call it interracial. Why don't they just say, you know, black and white? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like no other races <laughs> exist. Yeah, that's that's true. There's a bunch of weird You're like, oh, mind blown. <laughs> 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 yeah, but but you know, for me when I when I think about pedophilia, uh, it's not an action right? It's more like an orientation and the orientation could be active and you could act on it or it could be passive and, the, and you could just be sexually attracted to children. But there is a, a, an attraction for everybody, not just, um, not just pedophiles, but just people in general towards youth. To youth, right. And, yeah, and, and so it and seems to youth. make sense in a way. People want youth. They want a youthful woman. A woman becomes less fertile as she gets older. But at which point does it become a perversion of that thought of wanting the youth? You know, I, I, I really, I like, like, I'm, I, I'm a fan of Botticelli. I like healthy, thick women. You know what I mean? Fully developed. The, the young, you know, thing. I, I'm not attracted to to women like that. I'm not attracted to young, skinny model women. You know. I don't like that. I, I like healthy thick. That's just me, though. You know, mm-hmm. there are people who like all different kinds of things. But when your question is, is, are they like the same racism and pedophilia or whatever? I don't think so, because one of the other reasons why I didn't get into that project, besides the legality of it, you, you could get charged with harassment easily in that. You're not going after a government official. You're going after another private citizen. But also because, like, well, to what end? What I was thinking was I have a couple of professional resources, psychiatrists and psychologists that I can call upon. And I called them and I asked them. And the consensus is there's no medicine for those people. There's no therapy for those people. Those people are always going to do that unless they get castrated or they check out or something like that. So one one of the arguments against those channels is maybe those people would have never done that if you hadn't enticed them. But, you know, Hey, maybe that person would have never bought cocaine if I didn't hold a bag of cocaine. No, he came over here and got some cocaine. So that's a false argument, but the consensus, I mean, that's the same thing the police say. Right. Right. You but know, it is basically a, called baiting. Like you're baiting, but you're baiting for someone who wants to have sex with a 13 year old boy. So yeah. either you well, want to have also, sex with a 13-year-old boy or you don't. There's no We also have that. seen police police consistently like trying to entrap someone like that to, and where the person is like, "Oh no, you're 14. No, leave me alone." "Oh, but come on, you're really cute." Like 20 more messages, "Come on, come on." And this person is a virgin and they've never done that or anything like that and they feel like, "Oh my gosh, maybe maybe so." When they finally give in, that's that's totally entrapment. I mean, I, I don't I don't see how that person should be punished for getting put into that situation. They really they didn't 
get put into it. But you know, I mean, it, it's there's that there's that nuanced thought that is required where you have to think about each individual case and what was said and what was written. You know what I mean? You can't just say black and white. Oh, you go to jail. You don't. You know. So I've been watching these these predator poacher channels, and I'm I'm sure you've seen if you're watching them as well that they that they're all doing this thing now where they have them call their mom or they call their, they call their mom or they call their dad or they call their wife or their grandma or their boss. The the people are like, you know, um, we could call the, it's, it's essentially a script every time. Like, you know, we could call the police. Yeah. Well, we really want you to to get some help. So we want to have an anchor for you and this can be your wife or whatever. When they call up and they're on speakerphone and they talk, it's uh, it's really unbelievable. Whenever I see someone do that, I'd be, I would be like, I'm thinking, I would be out. I would not be talking to my mom on speakerphone. <laughs> you, you and Rogue Nation are the hardest working men on YouTube because where do you find the time to watch all this stuff and then create all your channels? Like, how many channels do you have now? Like seven. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got like, I've got four channels. I got four channels that I like work on actively. I'll show you. Um, I cleaned out my storage and I found my military records. And you know, I'm going to give you the scoop. You know why I went to the brig? Because I wrote $170 in bad checks. (laughs) A total of $170 worth. You're a big spender. Yeah. 30 days confinement. uh, $538 loss of pay. And busted down to E1. Wow. That was my punishment for, for writing a series of checks totaling the grand total amount of $170. How, I so had forgotten. The how many checks is that? Uh, is I that, don't know. Is that two checks? Is that seven checks? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was it. Wow. Well, that seems like you served your time then for $170. <laughs> right? But you know what I mean? For For... You know, somebody who hates freedom so much to, like, make an entire video about that from, you know, a quarter of a century ago to try to, you know, discredit me as and my veteran status saying that I'm stolen valor while holding up my military record saying that I'm stealing valor because I went to the brig. I never claimed a title I didn't earn. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're just trying to get content, man. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just, they're just trying to create content and they're trying to create some drama. I can understand because think about, think about like, like a podcast like this. I'm going to turn this in. I'm going to make it into a podcast or whatever. People do want to talk about those things. You know, people want to um, know if you have a problem with another auditor, if you have a problem with another channel, if you're like, you know, whatever, a bigot people want to know you know yeah and so people are just um looking for anything you know yeah, especially someone who's, who's anti uh this genre and in total you know they're against the genre in total it's not like they're they found somebody that they really liked right is there somebody who they support and like i mean like is there somebody that they endorse I don't know. I don't know. I I try to like not watch those. There is one guy that I did watch recently and I was going to go and and uh 
on his channel because he invited us on. But it was full of all those other people. There was eight people on his panel, and I couldn't join. I even wrote in the chat, hey, studio is full. You're not letting me on. They're like, see, they don't have the guts to show up. I'm like, first of all, I'm showing up to the ambush. And you guys are just too busy cackling over yourselves to let me in. You know? I've, I've advocated for others that they could show up and they could defend themselves on a live stream. Um, but I was told that they would just kind of shut you down and talk over you. They do. And they and I saw that. That's why I declined their invitation. I said, look, I saw what you did to Rogue Nation when you invited him on your show. About did he go on there? He went on there and they just like shouted over him. He's like, okay, are you done? Can I explain why Poster 7 does apply to, you know, press? Why do you think they write where we're allowed to do it in the first line if you're going to turn around and say, no, we're not allowed to do it? Right. They're showing where we're allowed to do it. And then everything else is how in the case that if we do cause a disturbance or something, then the authorized personnel can have the authority. The authorized personnel can tell us to leave. But mm -hmm. if they don't see us committing a crime, they don't have the authority to kick us out. No matter if they're the manager, postal inspector, or whoever, they have to witness us committing a crime. Yeah, and I think they actually have a, have a prohibition against kicking you out that's how exactly. i interpret it right and that's how most of our our rights are we have the right to do th things and the laws are written prohibiting people infringing on those rights so people are not allowed to, it's not that we're allowed to do something it's our right and you're not allowed to stop us well that's that's too bad to hear that they they didn't pay attention to him i i, I kind of want him to come on here i want to talk to him i want to see what he has to say i know he's a um smart guy he is. He is. We have our our, uh, our differences, like you and I. We have our differences, but we all have the things that make us different aren't as important as the things that make us the same. And the things that make us the same in this community is our love of freedom. We understand how that freedom is our responsibility, and we have to take care of it. What what I meant by the disagreements that we have, I I know that you are skeptical about the uh, the whole pandemic thing and everything, but I'm I'm telling you, I've I know six people who have died from this. I just read uh, a write-up in the Miami Herald for my my friend's mother-in-law, who was a nurse, and she died of it. It was a really beautiful, lengthy article, a testimony to her life and how many people she helped. It, you know, this is not made up. These are six people that I know personally who have died. And whether or not they're misdiagnosed and they would have died anyway doesn't account for the fact that there are refrigerated trucks sitting outside of hospitals because the morgues are full. A lot of <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and, and that's where I was talking about the disagreements. Rogue Nation is like, well, where in Florida do you see those trucks? Because I'll drive down there tomorrow. <laughs> and well, I mean, I'm not a denier really of the pandemic. I'm just more skeptical of the scale. You know, like, uh, but oh, that's yeah. what I'm, I'm addressing is that people are dying at an alarming scale that people are, are filling up the morgues and now they need refrigerated trucks to accommodate all the dead bodies. Jesus Christ. I, I, I hope that's not true. I just haven't seen that, you know, I mean, I guess I would be on the same page as, as Rogue on that one. Yeah, Texas. I haven't Arizona. seen that. I mean. I, I see nothing. I don't see anything. I know. I know no one. Um, I don't see 
overflow. I, I've actually visited the hospitals over here to see. There's no overflow. There's no people coming in. Shout out to Wolfie Gladly. He he told me I saw there's nobody at those hospitals either. <laughs> That's my Wolfie Gladly impression. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, how long we got there, Wolfie? It was like a half hour to an hour. I'm like, that's not that long. You know what I mean? You can't really make a, an informed decision on that. And and like I saw somebody, you know, yelling at some hospital workers outside of a hospital saying, where are all the patients? And the nurse yelled back at him, they don't sit in our lobby. <laughs> well, you see, there's a whole genre now of people not, not wearing masks and getting thrown out of Safeway, getting thrown out of Walgreens, Trader Joe's, you know. Yeah. There's more and more videos coming out like that. Walgreens has one of the things like you asked me one of the, what my grandma taught me my grandma didn't teach me this but i she would have if she knew about it it's the four-way test of the things that we think say or do number one is it the truth number two is it fair to all concern number three will it build goodwill and better friendships and number four is it beneficial to all concern if you can think say or do things with those four questions asked and answered first you'll be in good shape and Walgreens has that hanging up in every one of their manager's offices. It's a, uh, yeah, they, I, I only learned that because that? I don't, I don't know. Maybe the, I think cause they started in Chicago where Rotary International also started. I, I used to be in Rotary and it's a service organization with uh, uh, six areas of focus. They do clean water, disease eradication, education and literacy, maternal and child health, economic development and community and uh, peace and conflict resolution. And it's the only NGO to, besides the Red Cross to have a seat at the UN. And they've done a lot. And a lot of people will, will say, oh, yeah, but Bill Gates is, you know, going to try to wipe us all out. Bill Gates warned that, you know, something like this was going to happen. Not like, it's my plan to take all these people. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a lot of comfort in thinking that there's a big nefarious plan to answer the question of why all the bad things are happening to you. But we used to have 2,000 wild cases per day in 1985 of polio. 2,000 a day would come up. In the last year that I was in Rotary, we had five total cases in the entire world. So in those 30 years, we've almost eradicated only the second disease on earth we, we did smallpox and now we're this close to eradicating polio four-way test also hanging up in walgreens and that's a private company if you don't like it don't go there go to um you know cvs right across the street there's always a cvs right across the street from uh walgreens or uh rite aid we have a rite aid around here we used to have those. We don't have those anymore down here. Well, in parts, I think we still do. But. We just got CVS. We just got CVS maybe three or four years ago. Who told you to tell me that I shouldn't wear a mask? How does it affect you? Why are you so upset about me wearing one? I get how people could be upset by being told to wear one when you don't want to. That's your right. Don't let anybody force you to put a mask on. You know? I'm sorry, I cussed again. But if I'm wearing a mask, that should have no bearing on your life at all. That should not affect you in any way. I mean, nobody gave Michael Jackson a heart attack. Well, they did. They did. <laughs> yeah, 
we talked about this off camera where I was saying that I, I didn't like to wear a mask and people yeah. were treating me bad because I didn't have a mask on. And, and the uh, opposite, and, the inverse is happening here versus up there. Up there, you get shamed for not wearing one. Down here, you get shamed for wearing one. And and I I can see... And does that the, change county to county down there pretty much? Or uh, is it changed in like... How exactly is the state divided? Because here what you have is you have the left, they're all in the cities on the coast, and then the entire east half of the state, like which tiny section, the most populated section is full of leftists and liberals, and then the rest of the place is all conservative. Even well, even one hour east. Now I would I would say that the whole state is pretty conservative. There are some liberal pockets like near the universities some around the big cities, but Miami is an animal on its own. I mean, everybody thought, oh yeah, the Hispanic vote in Miami is gonna get, you know, Hillary. <laughs> oh no, they, they, they would, the, the, Miami is, like I said, uh, they're, they're totally different. They are conservative, they're anti-Democrat. Uh, the, the Cuban American community has um, they're pro Trump, very very pro Trump. Um, so you my, see a lot of Trump flags flying around where you are. Absolutely, yeah. Did you really? ever see any Obama flags flying around? Any any? Um, <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah, no they're ever, yeah. yeah, they're never. You, you know, because we weren't in a cult back then. You know. And and I didn't like Obama, but this is ridiculous. This is a cult of personality now, where you, people are rejecting science and rejecting things because of political beliefs. It's I'm 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 gonna keep my head on straight, and I don't have. That's one of the wonderful um, uh, privileges, and 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 uh, it's just that I don't have party loyalty or tribalist loyalty by being a libertarian or an independent, whatever you want to call me, I'm, I'm not going to defend Biden because that's a corporate Democrat. I don't understand how he got the nominee. What the hell are they thinking if not to just ensure that this guy has another eight years, another four I, years? I think that they're looking for, just my opinion, of course, but it seems to me that they're seeking an empty shell that they can put anything they want inside of. I think it was decided sixteen years ago at a Bilderberg meeting that it could have been. <laughs> yeah, that, that we're gonna make it so ridiculous that you're gonna have to want Trump for another four years. You know what I mean? So that's what happened. Because Tulsi Gabbard would have wiped the floor with Donald Trump if she didn't, you know, fall in line. She's the obvious choice, man. She's she's the obvious choice if you wanted to compete against Trump. And there's other choices as well. But they didn't choose the people that could beat Trump. They cho they chose they chose the corporate them who will keep the status quo. He it seemed like he he's willing to say anything, you know. Yeah. I just watched his event yesterday um, in a gymnasium with like ten people there. It was bad, man. He 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 held it together though. He he talked and then he he called on people and they asked questions and stuff. He did he wasn't able to answer the questions though. He would start talking and then. After a couple of minutes, he'd forget what the qu the question he's supposed to answer, you know. So it kind of yeah. says something that's like mildly related to it. But yeah, when he said that, you know, as far as like pot and stuff, that we need to 
turn on the record player for our kids. I was like, right. How, how like this guy is farting dust. He's so old, man. Like this is bad. And, and everybody is just like, Oh, he's oh, farting buddy. dust. Yeah. Man. <laughs> funny. <laughs> but I mean, and people are like, Oh yeah, we can, we can beat Trump. Like, no, you get ready for four more years of Trump because you didn't think he was going to win last time, and now he has the power of the presidency. He's the incumbent. But but Trump is the best candidate. In your opinion. <laughs> I mean, I'm a reluctant Trump supporter, you understand. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not like, I'm not uh, waving the Trump flag, you know what I mean? It's just... Uh, right, I can't support I, him or or Biden or any other you know, person who is really looking to better themselves and not the country. I, I'm, I'm, I know Biden is, is just falling in line with the corporate Dems and what they want. You know what I mean? He's not doing it for people. He's not doing it for the people. And so, neither, so what you're saying is, is you're basically saying Kanye West 2020. You're Kanye West supporter. Oh, oh no, Jordan. Not. Who? Jim Jordan? I like Jim Jordan. No, no, Joe Jorgensen. Oh, Joe Jorgensen? Yeah, she's running for libertarian presidential wow. candidate. So. And you know what people say? Oh, you're wasting your vote. Oh, you're giving Trump another vote like that. No, you know what a wasted vote is voting as you're told. It votes for the Donald or else it gets the Biden. You know, no thanks. I'm not going to vote as I'm told. That's a wasted vote. I'm going to vote with who aligns with my beliefs the most. If they don't win, too bad. The the founding fathers did not want a two-party system. I'm going to vote. <laughs> I'm going to vote with the with the strong man because I I think that there's there's forces in our government that we need to get rid of. And that there's people trying to take over our government using identity politics and intersectionality and all this kind of other shit. And we need a strong man to be like, we're putting the bathrooms back the way they were. For, for a strong man? You know, I, I'm not saying I support that. I'm just saying we need someone who's going to come out. Right, but, but a strong man not cries all pressure. the time about how it's being attacked and, oh, Saturday Night Live is so mean to me. Like, that's not a strong man. That guy is the biggest. Let's build a wall because I'm scared of the women and children that Obama's illegal coup has forced upon us through our own actions. That, that's not a strong man. He's weakening us. And those local elections, last election cycle, 59% of sheriffs ran unopposed. We have one guy, Sheriff Grady Judd, a couple of counties away. That guy, everybody in the country thinks he's a great, swell dude, Grandpa GJ, because, you know, he's tough on law and order. But that's where those hundreds and hundreds of pedophile rings keep getting busted every year. And what I believe is just a shakedown for their, their little backdoor business. And it's not just the Sheriff's Department. It's lawyers and judges who are working in antitrust getting these people off the hook and not having to register. But yeah, look up who is your local sheriff and if he's running unopposed or who's running against him and whatever you vote for, vote out the incumbents. It's not working right now. Yeah, if somebody you, you like is in there and you want to vote for them again, 
they didn't do shit in four years. Give somebody else a try. Vote out the incumbents. Except for Trump. <laughs> no, vote him out. Vote for Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> there's, nobody, that, that, there's nobody else to vote for. Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen? I don't know. I haven't even heard that. You know what I mean? Banana slug is better than Biden and Trump. <laughs> vote for banana slug 2020 <laughs> banana slug <laughs> we were talking about uh, no we didn't talk about Nordic racism did we I don't think so no but you've heard of that right that the Vikings it was it's a Nordic racist thing the Vikings are the superior race and all that well, stuff that, I, I heard of the, guy who, the guy who did Stone Mountain and the guy who did Mount Rushmore was a Nordic racist really yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, member of the KKK, Nordic races. Yeah. So, so, did you watch this segment that uh, Nick Cannon did on the podcast? Are you talking about the blackface that he did? And yeah, no, I'm talking no. about. I'm talking about. He was on a podcast with uh, another guy who who's like maybe a black Israelite or some variety of black supremacist, and he started talking about the Nord about Nordic people and about racism and um do you see anything about that i didn't catch that no no please tell me because nick cannon has come up a few times in the last oh we should watch it it's it's actually worth it if you go watch the whole video it's about seven minutes basically they're sitting there and they're talking about white supremacy oh and they're not talking about white supremacy they're talking about black supremacy and nick cannon is saying black people are the superior race and he's saying they're superior because they have melanin in their uh, mm. in their bodies, and, the bo- and so the melanin m- makes them superior or like gods. And so people who lack melanin are inferior. And then he started giving examples like the Nordic people, and he was saying that they're savages. He was saying they're actually less than humans. They're Those closer to animals. white and Jewish people, the true savages. I see that on July fourteenth. Right, so the white aspect is pretty. He got a lot of back, a lot of backlash for the video, but everyone focused on the Jewish aspect, as if he was saying a lot of bad stuff about Jews. But really, he was saying bad stuff about whites. Yeah, uh, Nick Cannon. I mean, he, he was married to uh, what's her name, Mariah Carey, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah think so. and and she's a she's proven to be an emotionally unstable person. She had a meltdown on MTV or something like that. And this guy managed to, when, when you have those two toxic personalities go together, you're, you're not going to form anything that's going to add substance to my life. I'm going to go ahead and discount anything that this guy has to say. Never going to listen to Nick Cannon. Just because. You know, it is actually interesting what he says, though, because he, he's, he's arguing, he, he wants to argue for black supremacy, right? Because he's black and he's outrightly saying it. And so he's actually arguing for for whites being inferior and blacks being superior and it's based on their skin color or whatever. In in the interview, he starts to say, you know, uh, whites are oppressed. He starts to describe whites as oppressed and because the, we're, we're not the chosen race, right? Yeah. So he starts to describe whites as being oppressed for that reason and he catches himself and he stops and he's like, oh, wait a second, they can't be oppressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, what's interesting is he starts to describe white supremacy. And I've been trying to talk to other people about this, is that, that 
all these people that are talking about white privilege, they keep arguing for white supremacy all the time. So every, every argument for oppression, for, um, for, um, for oppression or domination or colonialism, where you're saying essentially white supremacy is dominated, it seems like it's an argument against white supremacy, but it's actually an argument for. It's an example of the arguments. I mean, don't, don't you find that a little odd? Well, That's I what I'm saying. He's like, what he's like describing is, white supremacy to describe black supremacy, but he can't get right. away from describing the domination, which exemplifies white supremacy. When we, when we take what Nick Cannon says or what Robert De Niro says, we're listening to celebrity talking out uh, of their butt about politics and stuff that is way over the head. Just because they played a smart person in a movie once doesn't mean that they can act like that for the rest of their lives. That was one role that they played in a movie. I don't even think don't he, he's, played a, he's played a role. Don't, don't listen to actors. Don't listen to athletes who have taken a bunch of hits to their head about politics. They're cartoon philosophers. Do your own research. The answer is not the easy one. Ted Cruz is not going to legislate good behavior and stop mass shootings. You have to teach your children to love all life. The hard answer is you have to do the research. Find out who Sergei Magnitsky was. Find out what candidates stand for. Find out more than just a witty catchphrase that is carrying more weight than the truth. It's your responsibility because if you don't, this world goes to shit. And this is not your world. You are borrowing it from your children. You have to give it to them. You have to turn it over to them. And how are you going to do that? In shambles with lakes and rivers on fire or with no tyrants and then whooped into shape to be a good public servant and not destroy your life just because they want some overtime. That's where you, it's your responsibility to, to research Who's running for judge? Who's running for sheriff? The people who are in the White House for four years are not as important as the people who are in the Capitol for 30 to 40 years. You know, focus on the incumbents, get rid of them, and get find out who to replace them with, or else you end up with a bunch of T publicans that think that the earth is 5,000 years old and that we rode dinosaurs. You know, we can't have that shit either. So make a well-informed decision. Stop making capricious decisions. On, uh, you, you think that, that everything can be solved in a half-hour sitcom. It cannot. It takes time and, and, and dedication to know what our, our civics are uh, involved. You know, you... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, you well, you're talking about it right now, right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's not an easy solution. And it's definitely hurt, right? don't look for him. the easy solution by listening to what Nick Cannon thinks because <laughs> you're going to get stuck on like, isn't that odd? Yeah, of course it's odd because it's nonsense. Let's not try to make sense out of the senseless. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the very end of the clip, he, he says, so I'm just trying to figure out how these savages, the Nordic Europeans, were able to conquer the gods. He came, yeah. he came full circle with it. He's like, how did these savages, how do they conquer the gods? And you know what? He's he's trying to turn it around. He, he he, black people have been called savages. Native Americans have been called savages and stuff. So now he's trying to trigger. He's trying to go back. And I've seen a New York Times reporter get in trouble for that. She she was like tongue in cheek, replying on a tweet or something, 
saying, oh yeah, well, do you want this? And like saying, oh, white supremacist, how about it? So all her, re, her tweets came out and it made her look really stupid because you let those people rent space in your head and you let them have the power of your reaction. When you guys know that, you, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that I, I'm most proud of that people have taken and said, hey, no, the only power they have is my reaction. That's, that's a really good way to look at everything, especially in what we do when you go out and audit. Let, don't push it. Don't push the audit. If you want like YouTube content and like, oh man, I go out there and, and I'm not getting a lot of, I've, I've had other auditors tell me I don't get a reaction and I told them this and I told them that. I'm like, have you tried just letting them take the show? <laughs> it's like a fart. If you push it, it turns to crap. You know, you can't push it. Yeah. Let it happen. True. Yeah. Well, there's, there's not much to do. You don't really want to create anything. You're pretty much just documenting whatever happens. Right. Right. We don't create the trouble. We show it. Right. We show it happening. Yeah. But, but you're doing something that nobody likes. That's the problem, you know, but, uh, Nobody just started liking it. They just started disliking it before everybody wanted to be on camera. If anybody had a chance to be on 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 a, on TV or on YouTube, they would have taken it before. Now it's different. Now people are like, "Oh no, that could be used for terrorist activities." What? You can make a strong argument that that there's a large majority of constitutional auditors that conduct themselves in a way which would alienate the public in, in, the, in a way that they might vote away their right to record in public or something like this. Well, I don't think that we're at risk. I've heard a lot of, um, and I've read a lot of comments saying, oh, one day, one day you're gonna make it so they make legislation to take away our rights to this. Right. The First I, Amendment, just something. like the Second Amendment will never be repealed. We'll never do that. If we you ever don't think they'll try to, to put that? in speech codes or some sort of hate speech amendment to the Constitution or the First Amendment? This ain't Canada. It's going to take two-thirds, and then to enforce it, you're going to start a civil war again, you know? You, yeah, you're I never going to be able to take everyone's guns away. You're never going to be able to tell somebody to stop calling him he when they want us to be called she. You call whatever – I have the respect to uh, to, to, to say – Hey, what do you like to be called? Okay, I'm going to call you that out of respect for you. Once you start demanding that I respect you, I'm going to call you whatever I want. I'm sorry, I'm going to cuss again. Right, because yeah. then you're being disrespectful toward you. Yeah, so. and it's a hate crime in Canada. That's that's unfortunate that Canada succumbed to that to to that pressure where people are saying everybody has to. That's like imposing your religion. That's like imposing Sharia law on on the country. When you come as an immigrant, you want everybody to to uh, obey Sharia law. No, that's not how we do things. You can obey Sharia law all you want, as long as you're not beheading people in in you know in Minneapolis or whatever. I think they can do it though. I, I think I think they would be able to do it. Two thirds of the vote to repeal the first law ever. No. I really, I don't want to think that, but um, I do. 
a little because the state of people seems really bad and people are desperate. People are brainwashed by identity politics and all this shit. When they'll do anything, they'll repeal the First Amendment as a way to virtue signal. What what you were asking, you said, do you think there are people in our community who are giving us a bad name that would prompt, you know, the sheeple to make that legislation? Or or just not necessarily the legislation, but maybe change their mind. Maybe maybe right. uh, swing them in the wrong direction. Right, alienate instead of educate. Right? Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. It's always been like that. The hippies with the long hair and everything. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you're just a dirty hippie. You're not going to get the respect. You don't have a clean buzz cut. You're not tucking your shirt in and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about individual freedom, but once they see a free individual, they get scared. Yeah, that's, that's the that's the how it's always been. But the beauty of our beautiful experiment is that we have the power to not let that happen. It's going to take two-thirds of the vote to repeal the first law, and it'll never happen. We can't do that. We can't ever, because the the legislators, they look at the whole thing. They're going to see our behavior, and they're going to be like, yeah, we don't like that. But legally, you know, no, we can't do anything about that. We have to tell our constituents, regardless of how they feel. The law is the law. This is This is our right our right to disagree with each other, our right to make each other feel uncomfortable. You don't have the right to not feel uncomfortable. You don't have that right. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, uh, you know, 80% of the population thinks that they do have that right. Right, and that's where, the right that's, where I'm saying, if, that's where I'm saying that the legislation- They don't even know, they're like, you're violating my rights. Which one? My personal ones. Yeah. That's what they say. My, my right like to that. privacy. I'm like, what, are we in private here? My right not um, to be photographed I, in public. I, I have privacy upon myself. They actually said that. I'm like, does that make sense to you? Like, come on. I, 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 listen. <laughs> my privacy. <laughs> my privacy yeah, upon they, myself. Law. Haven't you heard of that? <laughs> you heard of that one? Yeah, so again, that's the that's where the hard answer comes in. It's not going to be people don't like what we're doing. Then raise your kids to love freedom and not you know think twice about it and not make a show and not make themselves look stupid that embarrasses you on YouTube. You know what I mean? If you do like people like if I go into a DMV, there's five or six people who jump in front of my camera and make fools of themselves. And people are like, oh, my gosh, you're messing with all those people. And why do you mess with the private citizen? What about the 140 other people who were in there who were just like, oh, and you never thought of twice about them? Well, one no. of my most popular videos was in a DMV, and there's a woman overdosing in there. You can see her in only two comments in six months have even noticed her. Wow. She's like, her eyes are rolling in the back of her head, and she's sitting in the chair like about to pass out. And nobody cares about her because they're too busy laughing at officer eyebrows who went nuts plucking his eyebrows. <laughs> right. So, uh, so you got 140 people in the DMV and you got a handful of them. The ones that don't want to be on camera come right up to the camera and they say, don't record me. Right. So that's, that's obviously that's stupid. But at the same time, I always try to look at those people who do come up because I always think, these are the people who saw something unusual they don't see every day and they came up and did something. Do you also see that value in them, you know, coming yeah. up to, uh, I mean, as long as they're not assaulting you, if they're just coming up with questions or. 
Right. And, and I try to, you know, my main focus is to educate the government employees. But if those people come up, I try to, you know, again, each situation is different. Sometimes I'll, I'll be like, look, don't bother me. Act like I'm not here. And then sometimes I'll be like, can you think of anything that has happened in recent history in the United States to prompt me to want to record the police, sir? Do you think anything at all could justify what I'm doing? <laughs> like, come on. And the DMV, people are like, why do you go to the DMV? Because the Florida DMV sold all of our private information in 2017 for $77 million to telemarketers, metadata brokers, and, and uh, um, uh, bill collectors. So if you rent or something and they can't find you through property address or something, they went to the DMV, paid them $77 million so they can find you and bill collect on you. Or, oh, really? Yeah. Did, did, does your car's warranty run out? Have you gotten any calls about your car, car's warranty? Thank the Florida DMV for that one if you live in Florida and you're getting those calls. Yeah. Many people, I mean, most people don't know anything about this. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, you're going to say Smith versus City of Coming again in this video? I'm like, yeah, because this could be the first video that somebody sees and they don't understand that that is case law that protects their right where we, where we live to do that. You know, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama are covered under the 11th Circuit Court, a federal court of appeals. So, Yeah, um, we have Fordyce versus Seattle up here. Yep, yep, and that's... Is that the guy who was uh, taking pictures up skirts and stuff? Because that's know. another that's another one like public photography, even <laughs> going up skirts. It's horrible. Like, hey, you should wear underwear. Well, same thing with hate speech. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's hate speech is all good. It's the First Amendment. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. And no, nor should we want to see. That's why I'm afraid of speech codes and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see anything like that. If I want to shout the N word in public, I want to be able to do it. Even yeah. though I don't want to do it, I want someone to do it if they want to. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wish it's, it, it's hard for people to understand that nowadays because everyone's so snowflake and sensitive out, you know, seriously. And, and they're really snowflakey. All of a sudden it's like, it police brutality gets put on the back burner and black lives matter or a bunch of thugs burning down cities. I wish people would hate the KKK as much as they hate black lives matter. Black lives matter looks like shit. I mean, black because lives matter looks like not shit. a centralized organization. That's something that a lot of people in 2014, when I first heard about them, I'm arguing with another fellow Rotarian about it with my friend who's a, a, on the sheriff's department. We're explaining to her that no, these people are calling for death to pigs and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but no, they don't have a centralized organization. That might have been the New Mexico one who said that or something. But the ones here in Tampa are about just police reform. They know that it's a necessary job. They just don't want them killing people because they, they ran away from them. They have to give chase. But if you're a chubby cop, you just pull out your revolver and start shooting. <laughs> like you don't want to run. But yeah, yeah, so so the, that that's the biggest problem with that group is that it doesn't have an organized centralized leadership, and the little few that say that they are, they're those crazy people that are like, I've been trained in Marxism. Oh, really? Trained how? Did you stand in line for toilet paper? Because I don't. I can tell you some Venezuelan kids and Cuban kids that did, and it sucks. You don't want that. <laughs> you know, it's 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 very LGBTQ plus oriented 
and it's very it's it's and i'm not talking about uh the well i guess if you are talking about the organization then it is lgbtq plus oriented and maybe marxist oriented the organization but the individuals just in terms of the individuals that are attracted and show up to this place i mean it's it's very uh I don't know. It's like the anti-responsibility crowd. That's how I look at it. They don't yeah, talk no, about I, anything I, that I affects. I know what you're talking about. And, and, and those are the greenie weenies that I was mentioning earlier that are stopping traffic and messing up the message for everybody. But let's stay focused on what everybody with rational minds has in mind for a solution. And that is to end police brutality. We got to stop that. You know, we, we can't lose focus because some people are acting fools. And I, I heard a, a black lady say, you know, I, I, she says, I don't care about your target. Burn this whole thing down as far as I'm concerned. You're lucky that we just want equality and we don't want revenge. That, that hit home. I was like, oh boy, that's, that's a good one. They just want equality. They don't want revenge. In during slave times, I know that white people today shouldn't have to pay for the mistakes of their grandfathers and stuff. But white people today are so angry at at these people. But look at what they've done. What have they done, other than you know live a shitty life because that's what they were dealt. There is systematic racism, and I can back that up with actual physical evidence. If you go to Levittown, New York. And you look up the deeds, the deeds will say not able to sell to any minority races. You can't sell your house to somebody who's black over there. Or I've seen lucky. some of those deeds online before. Right. <clears throat> so there's proof that it is. So don't, don't let anybody tell you, oh, systematic racism doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. And denying it is part of the whitewashing that perpetuates the problem. Own it. Own it like Germans did with Nazism. They teach all their kids not to repeat that stupid shit anymore. There's no more nationalist socialists over there because of that. We can't have that here. Racism is the key fundamental reason that we have police brutality and systematic uh, injustice in our country. There's no, it's irrefutable evidence. If you look at the population in jails, if you look at where police are stationed, where they're sitting in front of liquor stores. If you look at the way that cities are developed, look at Chicago, the most segregated city on the planet, worse than Johannesburg, South Africa. It exists and denying it and trying to say- That's a city though, that's filled up with like black leaders, you know, black police chief, you know? Yeah, and, uh, uh, and the deputy chief just checked out, blew his brains out. He did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Just today, I believe. You know, I was talking to somebody else about this, and I was, you know, talking about systematic or institutional racism, and, we're, and I was giving the, the Seattle Police Department as an example. I don't think I see it. Yeah, yeah, you guys are a different animal up there. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that it's, that, that, you know, it's a sliding scale, you know, depending on where you could be. But, but I can see racism in the seattle police department but i oh i i only see it at the individual level like there might be a individual racist police officer but it's not systemic it's not institutional it's not an institutional policy 
it's it's not a the status quo. It's not the ideal what they want. It's unethical. They say so in the like the first section of their policy manual. They train against it. Yeah, and uh, you know it's different here in the South where it's rich, oh rich, and and you can you can cut it with a knife. The racism down here. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Interesting. You know, when you were talking earlier, one of the things you said remind me of one of these brainwash issues among conservatives is is um, support for the the police. There's no um, there's no room to to disagree if you're in a um, group of conservative voters. Yeah, they're beyond reproach. There are heroes that could do no wrong. Same with uh, the Scrotus, the so-called ruler of the United States. For some reason, every time I get into a debate with a Trump uh, supporter, I always ask him one question. First, before we get into this, can you tell me one thing that you disagree with him as far as policy, not, not anything to do with his tweets? And that's the litmus test on whether or not we're going to have a meaningful conversation or not. And nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, no, I, I mean, the guy's great. I mean, uh, you know, uh, sometimes he's too crass in the way he tells it like it is. Oh, boy, that's that's all you can think of. There's nothing at all that, that he's done. Like, you know. I could tell you one. Give it to me. <laughs> what do you got? He's brainwashed about the police. He's He won't criticize the police. He doesn't believe in reform. He believes in overfunding them. He he's uh, the same as the average brainwashed person on the right. You know, I can tell but, you one thing I do like about him. That's my my reciprocation. If you're going to tell me something that you don't like about, him, I'll tell you something I do like. I know that he wants to fix the fixed prices on medications and and drugs and stuff. So it's kind of a good thing. But the point is like. I don't see why we're still paying like 300% more than everybody else in the world for the same medication, you know? Why we're the only country who is allowing uh, commercials for medicine. You know, they don't, they don't allow that in Europe. You can't have uh, a TV commercial for GlaxoSmithKline or Pfizer or any, any drugs. Those commercials are, are, are psycho, man. Yeah. They're yeah, crazy. Like if you don't... Disclaimers. Like if you're not on a platform, you watch YouTube or, you know, you, you don't see those commercials and then all of a sudden you start seeing them. Like, I, like when I go visit my mom, I'll start seeing those commercials for different pills, but ask, ask your doctor and stuff. And I yeah. see them and they seem insane. Yeah. Especially the side effects that are all 10 times worse than the thing that they're supposed to be battling. You know, it's like, it's just the music and the imagery and then all the side effects being read off at, at like, hyperspeed it's like what the fuck is this do you get an upset stomach after eating tacos sometimes well take this this might cause blood clots it might cause your lungs to collapse it might cause you to die it might cause you to shit your pants but your tummy is gonna feel great after the tacos (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i don't know i don't understand that at all yeah me neither i I do understand this almighty dollar I mean, they're not, they're not curing anybody. They're creating more patients. Yeah. You know? Well, there's no money in the cure, really. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad we could come to some agreement. It seems like we have a, seems like we have plenty of disagreements to harvest. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> I love, I don't want to have any disagreements with anybody else but you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? You should. 
No, I, I, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I, uh, I love my wife. I married her because I know that she is a strong minded woman. It's going to challenge me for the rest of my life to do better be better for myself and find a docile, you know, subservient woman. And you're not going to be in good shape, man, but find a woman you can't control and you found a good one, you know, because <laughs> she's going to push you. And I'm not talking about, you know, like toxic relationships or anything like that. I'm talking about interdependency versus a codependency. It's healthy. And I knew that I didn't want to argue with anybody else for the rest of my life as a spouse, you know, with her, uh, other than with her. And, you know, if I'm going to have a disagreement on a podcast, I'm glad it's with you, man, because we have, you rebuke a wise man and he'll appreciate it. Rebuke a fool and they resent you. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate that, but I, I want to, um, you know, I just want to like learn. I'm interested to see what people think who disagree with me, especially because I already know what I think. So it's not really interesting, <laughs> you know, yeah, but um, I've noticed people are on a continuum, you know, and they're, they're, they're sort of, what I've noticed is that people move from the left to the right in terms of principles. Right, in age, as they get older and they yeah. get more conservative, right? Yeah, there's no movement the other direction, right? If it was still the traditional values of conservatism, and if it wasn't just this tribal pony show that people are putting on, because in, in, Republicans aren't what they used to be, man. Oh, I'm I know, thinking, yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's gone. So I can't follow that that crowd anymore, man. Same as Democrats, I I could never really like get on board with that. Like Bill Clinton caused the financial collapse of uh, it it was nine years after he was president, but he repealed the Glass Steagall Act, and that's what caused the collapse in two thousand eight. Something he did in nineteen ninety nine, you know. So we we I I don't like any of those parties, and and nobody should like dig their heels in. Always be learning. Like you just said, you love learning. Always be learning. And learn that, you know, the, the, the people who are paying millions and millions of dollars for their campaign are expecting to make it back threefold when they get in. Right. So, and they don't give a shit about you and me. They're going to leave us to deal with our problems ourselves. And they're going to fly away on their jet. So this, this putting your faith on uh, somebody, like a lot of people, they, they're like, big strong daddy is going to come save me from the world. That's the same thing that you're complaining about other people is they're too dependent on stuff they don't want to do for themselves. Well, this guy isn't going to help you either. He's going to help himself like he's proven to do so in the last three years. You know what I mean? The last four years, pretty much. He's, he's, uh, none of them are going to help us. None of them have ever proven to help us. Neither party has ever reduce the budget they've never like conservatives or or democrats bill clinton could say he did that but on paper alone if you look at what he really did he he ruined the world's economy not just our own (laughs) you know yeah the glass steagall act was something that it was a buffer zone between private banks and investment banks stopping them from investing with our private money like you got the big houses, right? And they have to gamble and then they get margin call and they have to show up their money. You know what I mean? Well, it, when, when the margin call comes and they don't have the assets, they'll get 
they, they repealed the Glass-Steagall Act, so they take that buffer zone away, and now they could go into our mortgages and our pension and use that as collateral. Oh, we could pay you with this guy's house or with that, with that bank's loan. And that's what we did, and we bundled bad stuff, and we kept on using – they get the the – the brightest minds from MIT, not to build a rocket that'll take us to Mars or whatever, but to find an algorithm to cheat Wall Street to make rich people more money. And I'm not against people making money, but when you have like a certain group of people that live in one building on, on Park Avenue in New York, and they're the lobbyists who are controlling all the laws that are putting everything into their favor, these captains of industry aren't the ones like, you know, uh, the, the like uh, J.P. Morgan and 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 uh, and Rockefeller and 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 Carnegie. These people aren't going in and innovating and coming up with new stuff that'll look. Oh shit! Steel belted radial tires. That's great. That we could use that. Oh, barbed wire fence now. Oh, and petroleum. This is great. They're not doing that. They're just getting lobbyists to change the laws in their favor. And that's how they're making money. It's not by going into the office every day and doing something innovative. All they're doing is lobbying to change the game into their favor and it's illegal and it's profiteering, not profiting anymore. Yeah. You know? It seems like they're all on the same team. These Democrats and Republicans, they're all, they're all together. I've, I've never thought of myself as a Democrat or a Republican. You know, it just seems like a nasty thing to be. You know? They both lied. They never helped us ever. The the left has never helped black people or Latinos. They don't help. They you could say that they did. Oh yeah, but they gave us equal rights. Really? You feel equal right now? Yeah. You got to teach your children. You know, and and the and the far right. It's like you you want to listen to this guy who literally holds the flag around his, his himself and hugs the flag. But he's wiping his ass with the Constitution, sending federal agents in. I don't care what you think, that law and order has to happen. You don't do it that way. You don't send brown shirts in. I've seen, I seen your eyebrows raised when I said, yeah, they need him out there. <laughs> well, I, I mean, hope we've come away with a different point of view, you know, because, like, look at our constitutional rights, how they're being infringed, and how that is like against the manual of how to take care of insurgency. He's going by the book and it's not just him. I can't put everything on Trump like everybody likes to do. There are so many safety measures to stop this from happening that have been superseded. So this is the entire cabinet, this is the entire administration. And why are they doing everything wrong? Why are they going against a hundred years of history of how to oppose an insurgency? Maybe because they want on. Maybe because they want to create a, a volatile situation where you look at these BLM or Antifa as such boogeymen that you'll be like, oh, 9-11 all over again. Please take more of our rights away. Yeah, well, I, like I was saying, they definitely pushed me to, uh, to be supportive of the police in limited circumstances in a way where I probably wouldn't have spoken up before. I, I guess like the... The perspective I'm coming from is, you know, I'm from Portland, you know, and I've I've personally been targeted by these groups down there that are fighting with these federal police officers. I saw that, man, and that's and, disgusting. 
Those, and, those people are, are shame, a shame to the United States. And, and you know, they, they've targeted me before, not just what you've seen on video. Like before I started, you know, recording things, uh, I was supportive of Black Lives Matter. I used to go around in black. I've, you know, I've committed, <laughs> well, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been part of a roving mob dressed in all black. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the difference between you and the people who have attacked you is that you had righteousness on your side. You, you were doing it for a righteous reason. You weren't doing it because you wanted to, you know, just cause trouble and, no, but I, but but I wouldn't do it now, you know. Right. And but I I I guess what I'm saying is I I just wouldn't support Black Lives Matter and support um, Black people against their struggles with the police or their struggles against racism. But most of the time, I've done that by like searching inward to try to find my own to to try to identify it in myself. But when I did go out in the community and interact with other people that wanted to do so. See that? There you go, yeah. When I did go out in the community and interact with other people that wanted to do so, they they, they treated me badly. And they, and uh they're racist, man. Yeah, no, they're racist I racist against me. They're racist against themselves. They're like secret this is what it seems like. They secretly hate themselves. They and they don't like me because of the color of my skin. You know? What the fuck? It's not letting you undo it. No, they. I, I I saw you talking about, it and you told me also off camera that you had an opportunity to speak, and since nobody else was speaking, you decided, okay, well, let me go up there. I have something to say, and they turned on you because you were not black, and you you didn't. They didn't want you to be the first speaker, you know. No, they wanted I, to I, use me as a symbol for white supremacy, like a symbol for. I don't know. They wanted to suppress or oppress my speech just at, just as a reaction to the specter of systemic racism or something like that. And, there are a lot of stupid people out there. And I would, and it's not just you know speaking in a big group. I would try to talk to them, but they they would not be reasonable. And I'm telling you, I was not reasonable. I was there, like a leftist, be dressed in, in black. I was not all reasonable. If if I heard an idea that I didn't like, I would shut down the conversation. You know, that's the person I was then. But then I was getting shut down by others, and I was especially getting shut down by people who had a who were ranked higher on the uh, oppression spectrum. You know, and I would be seeing what 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 some people would call re- reverse racism directed right. against me, but what I just call racism. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, they pushed me out. They pushed me out by by uh, just not being reasonable, by being uh, racist. Yeah, and that's their loss because you're a great champion, and and to have you in their corner is is an asset, and they should have recognized that. But their own stubborn anger blinds them, and that's the the case on both sides. People don't want to hear anything unless they're somebody is agreeing with them they want to stay in their comfort zone people are not open universally anymore they go to university to close their minds now and it's so sad yeah they started that with me as soon as i got there and i'm sorry i didn't i'm sorry i didn't recognize that i was a fool 
but that's that argument shouldn't be confused with the anti-intellectualism that is going on that if you go to university you're just going to be brainwashed into this no if you go to university you're going to have the universe opened up to you and some things are going to offend you and they're going to hurt if if one school decides not to hurt anybody's feelings anymore i'm not going to matriculate it that you know it's not going to be worth the paper or the sheepskin it's written on i'm not going to learn anything there because i'm not being exposed to everything i want to i want to learn why tashkent in uzbekistan decided to you know become a new commonwealth of independent states and all that i want to learn all that stuff i don't want to be stuck in my own corner of my own world for the rest of my own life that's just a um Un, that's a boring way to run your life. You should challenge yourself and always be learning and don't always seek the truth and beware those who say they found it. Yeah, right. That's a good principle. The, the, the very first thing I, I noticed when I went to college was they, they wanted me to dislike America. But this that is was specifically the first thing that one stood of those. You know, the, one like, of those Northwestern greenie weenie schools, though. We're talking, it's greenie weenie is actually in the name. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they, they wanted me to to be anti-America. And I, I, I grew up, the way I grew up is to love America, pledge allegiance to the flag. Racism is not okay. Oh, it's not acceptable. There's no excuse for it. And... You know that's the America that I like believe in. That black people are like uh, part of America, the ultimate American citizens. Per, some people might say, you yeah. know, and uh, this is a place for immigrants and this is a place for inclusion. And we're supposed to love America, love and love American principles. And they just really the first thing was like, you know, to to demonize America. That's yeah, that, my first that, thing I noticed. And then they demonize whiteness yeah. after that. Um, and then yeah, I demonized whiteness. I got to a bad, bad place, man. I got to a bad place with this. I bet I would too. Just hearing about it infuriates me because those people are so close-minded. You just spit in the face of all the freedom riders, all the white people, and all the Jewish people who rode on the buses trying to fight for your civil rights. As an ally, you're spitting in their face. Just because somebody is white doesn't mean they can't be your ally. I understand that you know Tulsa. You know, Black Wall Street, the reason they became so powerful and made a lot of money is because they kept the money in the black community. And I'm all for that. I think that's the key. If you can keep the money and borrow the money in, in your own community, please do that. That's something that is going to help you so much and it's going to free you. You're not going to have to go to Amscot. You know what I mean? That's that predatory lending and stuff. Definitely, but don't segregate yourself. Don't say that you don't want any white people in your community. No, let them patron your shop. Let them give you more money. Let them all the money in, no money out. Right. Just do it that way. You know? Yeah. Everybody has taken their minds off of those four police officers who stepped on that guy's neck, and now they're looking at Antifa and Black Lives Matter as the problem that needs to be fixed. Trump's the problem is no um... longer police brutality. Trump's turning their their videos into campaign advertisements. Yep, exactly. It says, this is America in 2020 if you elect Joe Biden. You know, people are like, oh, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, man, but it's like, 
from from my perspective like there's no like you know trump's gonna win right oh yeah whether you support him or not it seems fairly obvious he's gonna win that's what i'm saying he he won without the power of the presidency you know well, without the, the the millions that he's made you know yeah since then yeah i i, I just um I want him to. I want him to do. I want him to do a good job because I just know he's gonna. Win. I think he's gonna win. I, don't I think he could I, be. Different. I think as soon as he gets reelected, you're gonna see a lot worse than what's happened in the last four years. I think you're gonna see the floodgates really open for the next guy, and that's what happened with with W. That's what happened with Clinton and Obama. Man, he really like a lot of people think. Oh, he was the best president. That guy really took advantage of what the previous two presidents opened up for him. He really like. You think that the Patriot Act was bad? Look at the North, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act. A month after Obama took office, he beefed up the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. When everybody thought he was going to get rid of it, he beefed it up. He made it stronger, more powerful against the people and in our rights. You know. Same thing with the NDAA, right? Yeah, the National Defense Authorization. And he he did the internet kill switch, which is actually called cyberspace cyberspace as a national security asset act or some something like yeah. that, which which gives the federal government control over the internet. Yep, and and also you know double tap droning. That's actual terrorism. You 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 bomb somebody and then you wait for their first responders to come and then bomb them. That's Obama terrible. made lots of jokes about that about these drone bombings. He would make comments. Wow. Yeah, shocker. Like Another thing is like you, you you get Trump saying stuff like, oh, he created ISIS. It sounds like an Alex Jonesian type of thing, but a lot of things that Alex Jones says are true. He just makes it sound crazy. Yeah. And you know, Trump said that Obama created ISIS. It sounds crazy, but you can pinpoint it to when the CIA entered Syria in February 2013. And that's where ISIS in Syria was created. Now, in Libya, when we decided to get rid of Gaddafi for no apparent reason other than he was going to switch to the gold standard and charge England you know, gold for the petroleum that he supplies them, they couldn't afford then we do not establish a dialogue with any of these people who we give arms to and we put boots on the ground. American and British troops had anti-aircraft guns that we were firing at the Libyan army. And these people were rebels that were taken during the Arab Spring. These rebels that wanted to get rid of Gaddafi. Gaddafi was a bad guy. In the 80s, he was crazy megalomaniac. He, he, He had all these women bodyguards and stuff but he was infatuated with Condoleezza Rice. It sounds really crazy, but he had a shrine. <laughs> he had a shrine to Condoleezza Rice. And wow, that's a very unique taste in a woman. I know. It, it, when he, he loved black women. He, he had all his guards were black women. And he wanted to be the president of the United States of Africa. And I have friends in Zambia and Angola and Southern Africa who are like, why did they kill our best president ever? You know, because this guy had done a lot for the Southern uh, Sub-Saharan uh, African continent. He, he had like brought a lot of gold. He had more gold than people, you know what I mean? So that's why he was able to 
you know, change the currency, but we weren't going to have that. And we started backing up these rebels without establishing a dialogue. So rewind back to 2001, he gets put on the uh, terrorist axis of evil list, right? With all those countries. He's like, oh shit, Reagan bombed me and my kid in our tent. I don't want that to happen again. I'm going to start playing ball. So he decides to cooperate. Plus he's infatuated Condoleezza Rice. She's the secretary of state and she talks him into it. He starts capturing Al-Qaeda prisoners and he put them in a prison in Benghazi. So fast forward to where we start arming all these rebels. The first thing that they did with the weapons that we gave them is they emptied that prison. They freed all their brothers, all those Al-Qaeda, and formed ISIL, Islamic State in Libya. And those were the people who killed our ambassador and the other three Americans. It wasn't film critics that didn't like an anti-Muslim movie. It was the people who we armed. We created ISIL. We created ISIS. We created the Honduran caravans of people coming out. We created the drug cartels. We have effed up every intervention in every other country since the Korean War. All right, Wrights, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Wrights Crispy on YouTube. I'm pretty proud of the fact that all you have to do is type in Wrights, and mine is the first result. And um, that's about it. I, I don't really do the gram or tweet, but Crispy Wrights on Twitter. And I think I have a Wrights Crispy Instagram that I don't ever attend to. All right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time and I appreciate your work. And um, love to talk to you again sometime or have you on in a panel or something like that. Oh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all the work you do. I appreciate you having me on and all the poignant questions that you made. With the, like we said, we don't uh, agree on, on some things, but it was great, the dialogue we had. And I appreciate you listening and having an open mind and letting me say my piece for almost four hours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Who knows what what will cut it down to? We'll see. This was four hours, people. Four hours we did. <laughs> I'm gonna cut out all the boring stuff for you. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.